good afternoon or good morning wherever you are. Holiness is a religious word that we don't use uh, in everyday conversation anymore. It's uh, a word that at its root has the meaning to consecrate or dedicate, to hallow, to purify or to sanctify. But what do those words mean to you uh, and to me? It's an idea that we tend to associate with religious things. Um, religious places, religious people, religious feasts. Like the Ark of the Covenant, the Temple, the Priests, the Day of Atonement, these sort of things. But is it relevant to us today when we don't really have these same kinds of religious trappings? I think very much so. Perhaps even more so today than in Old Testament times. So I'd like to share with you some thoughts on holiness which I think has two very distinct aspects to it uh, and then also discuss the challenge in harmonizing these two elements together. Firstly then holiness is separate from and it has its origins in Genesis 1 and the separation of light from darkness and secondly it's about being separated or dedicated to as in serving the Lord. Uh, which is illustrated by the priests and the Levites and the Nazarites under the law. And lastly, we'll discuss the challenge of how we reconcile these two things. How do we balance separation from the unclean with dedication to our loving our neighbor who may be unclean? To be in the world, but to not be of the world. How can we be priests after the order of Melchizedek who bring out bread and wine to those who are fighting the daily battle? And who are necessarily bloodied and wounded. Now the word holiness first occurs in Exodus chapter 3. With Moses at the burning bush standing on holy ground. But its origins as I said are actually in Genesis chapter 1. And on day 1. When first God said let there be light. And second he saw that the light was good. And third he separated the light from the darkness. It is this combination of both separate and good that makes the light holy. In contrast to that, we have the darkness, which was also separated, but not holy. And fourthly, on day one, God put a distinction between the light and the darkness. In English, we only have one word where translated separated, but in Hebrew, there are actually two words, separate and distinct. And this word distinction is not about two complementary halves of a whole, or two sides of the same coin, but about opposites that don't mix, like day and night. So the principle of holiness was established by God on day one of creation, and it is a quality of the light of the world. But how do we know that that separation on day one of creation is about holiness? Well, because the same two words in Genesis 1 and verse 4 are then used about the priests in the book of Leviticus. Because you see, creation was never really about literal day and night. Light and dark are merely symbols of life and death, holy and common, clean and unclean, pure and defiled. And the priests needed to be careful to distinguish or separate a difference between the holy and the common. Otherwise, God said, lest you die. And Hebrews 12 and verse 14 also says that without holiness shall no man see God. So holiness is, is not really an optional quality for God's people. 
Paul also then addresses the same issue of holiness for, for us repeatedly in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, saying, Believers are not to be yoked unequally with unbelievers, because righteousness has no fellowship with lawlessness, light has no partnership with darkness, and Christ has no agreement with Belial. Why is that specifically relevant to us? Paul continues, because we are the temple of the living God. He dwells in us and walks among us. So we must come out and be separate and touch not the unclean thing. And it all seems very simple, doesn't it? Very black and white, very holy and unclean, very right and wrong. And that is true insofar as holiness is separation from which is the first aspect or the first dimension of holiness that we come to understand. But holiness also has a second equally important aspect or dimension. It is both separate from, but also dedicated or separate to, distinct from and dedicated to the Lord. And the, the Levites were both separate from Israel, but also given to the Lord. The Nazarites were both separate from wine and strong drink, but also holy to the Lord. The lepers, on the other hand, were only separate from the camp of Israel. They weren't dedicated to anything specific. So the important principle is that separation without dedication is not holy. The light was separate and it was good. The darkness, on the other hand, was separate but not good. And therefore it was not holy. Holiness is both separate from and dedication to the Lord at the same time. However, it was not just the priests and the Levites and the Nazarites who were holy, but in fact all of Israel. Deuteronomy 14 says that they were a holy people, chosen for Yahweh as a special treasure to bear his name. So what does a people dedicated to the Lord look like? Is that something that takes place at a religious ceremony? Or is there perhaps more to it than that? What does holiness mean on a day-to-day -day basis in the lives of the children of Israel? Well, thankfully, God left them in no doubt at all through the laws of the book of Leviticus. And in Leviticus chapters 19 through 22, the Lord says 35 times in various different ways, Be ye holy. For I am holy. I am the one who sanctifies you. I have separated you. I will be hallowed among you. 35 times over and over and over again this refrain. Perhaps one of the most repeated ideas in all of scripture. And certainly something that is important and we should take careful note of. Be ye holy for I am holy. So in what context does the Lord keep declaring this requirement for Israel to be holy? Well, Leviticus 19 is specifically all about daily living and its various activities. It lists more than 25 different and seemingly unrelated aspects of daily life. At first glance, it looks like perhaps a random laundry list of laws, but each and every one of them is connected by this refrain, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Be holy with your father and mother. Be holy on the Sabbath. Be holy in your offerings. Be holy in your harvesting. Be holy with your laborers. Be holy with the poor and needy. Be holy in your judgment 
and your witness. Be holy in your sexual practices. Be holy with your neighbour. Be holy with your parents. Be holy with the elders and strangers, etc., etc., etc. Be holy every day in every aspect. Not just with priests and at feasts, but in the mundane and the ordinary. Not just in sacrifices and offerings, but also at home and at work. But then what about us who are not under the law of statutes and ordinances? Well, Peter in his two epistles leaves us in no doubt that our calling is exactly the same as Israel's. We too are a holy generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, chosen for God. And as he who has called us is holy, so we also must be holy in all that we do. We are living stones in a spiritual temple. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And since the world will be destroyed by fire, what manner of persons ought we to be in all holy conversation and godliness? So if we too are to be holy, what do our lives need to look like? Well, pretty much the same as the Israelites in Leviticus 19. Honour your father and mother. No idolatry, which is covetousness. Provide for the poor. Don't steal or lie. Honour God's name. Pay your workers fairly. Care for the deaf and the blind. Give righteous judgment and no false witness. Love your neighbour. Flee fornication. Don't partake in unclean practices or prostitute yourselves. Respect your elders and support strangers. Use just weights and measures in your business, etc., etc., etc. Every aspect of daily life, every day, in every way, we must be holy because He is holy. Not just priests and feasts, but the mundane and the ordinary. Not just sacrifices and offerings, but also at home and at work. This idea of holy living is expressed well in the following quote about Celtic spirituality. It goes like this. It is crucially important that our spirituality must not be seen as a separate compartment marked sacred, whereas real life is lived in all other compartments marked secular. If we do this, we set limits and put boundaries on God. That is, we only look for Him and are ready to listen to Him when we are involved in those separate things, prayer, singing of hymns, or meditation. And if for whatever reason we fail in our doing of these things, then as a consequence we don't meet with God at all. Or worse is thinking that if God only speaks to us through the Bible, then all we have to do is shut the Bible, and this effectively shuts out God. Worship is all that we are, and all that we do, both inside and outside the structures of the church. Our entire lives are a search for God, so that everything we are and everything we do is an offering of worship to God. Spirituality is the whole of our lives, because this is not about doing, but about being. So that whatever we do, we do it as the person that we are, our whole being, mind, emotions, body, spirit and will as an integrated whole. We are the same person going to work, cooking a meal, reading the Bible, mowing the lawn, shouting at the kids, saying our prayers, watching TV, laughing, crying, 
feeling bored, excited, angry or sad. I grew up a, a good Christian Pharisee and holiness didn't look like that at all, that I was aware of. Holiness was reading the Bible and attending church meetings that you never missed. Holiness was stuff that we did for God and the rest was just secular living. Holiness was separation from the world and its evil desires. Holy things happened mainly on Sundays and Wednesday nights. And then I had a Damascus Road experience and like Paul, I had to quit righteousness according to the law. True holiness, my friends, is in the little things, the kind word, the gentle touch, the small gift, or that little moment of recognition. Holiness is our whole being and our ways. So finally then we need to try and harmonize these two elements of holiness. The challenge of true holiness and discipleship lies in discerning when to love and when to leave. Holiness is coming out of Babylon and holiness is a priesthood of service to the lepers who are outside the camp. How do we balance being separate from darkness with dedication to our mission to love our neighbor? To live in the world but not be of the world? To bring healing but not become unclean? You see the wisdom to be the hands and the feet of Jesus is no easy task and so we need to ask ourselves do we have the balance right between separation from and dedication to? I think our default position as human beings is to put up protective walls and boundaries around us. Barriers that defend us against all appearance of evil. Just in case evil communications should corrupt good manners. But when we put up barriers, we cut ourselves off from the very purpose of our holy dedication. A wall of defence clarifies what's right and wrong, but it also defines who's in and who's out. And very quickly it becomes us and them, tribalism. And shortly after that, we're giving thanks that we're not like them. We fast twice in the week and give tithes of all that we possess. And the key point here is this, that when your religion prevents you from loving your neighbour, you need to change your religion. When holiness separates us from our neighbour, we need to change our holiness from one that is only separate from to also include a holiness that is dedicated to the Lord's new commandment that we should love one another. This is our full or our complete mission. Jesus in fact told a parable about a priest and a Levite whose religion prevented them from loving their neighbour. They passed by on the other side so that they wouldn't be defiled by their neighbour, so that they could still go and serve in the temple. There was a man literally dying on the other side of the road and their religious separation wouldn't let them help him. Don't tell me that our holy huddle hasn't similarly kept us from addressing systemic racism in society or sexism in our community or the massive refugee problem. Jesus had a word for this. He called it the leaven of the Pharisees because it is so insidious that you don't even notice it working. 
When we assume that the current state is acceptable and dismiss human rights as politics and thus not our problem, we've been brainwashed by a secular society who don't yearn for a kingdom where justice will run down as waters and righteousness as a mighty stream. We cannot be dedicated to the discipleship of Jesus if we are separate from the needs of publicans and sinners. We have to get our hands dirty and move into the blood and sweat and tears and mess of daily life. Remember, it's not we who are holy, but God who makes us holy and he cannot be defiled. Jesus has called us to be both the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And we're pretty good at being the city up on the hill, but shining from a safe distance. Now we need to mingle and flavor as the salt of the earth. Salt that is kept separate in a box is no good to anyone. But particularly, it's no good to the stranger, the fatherless and the widow. So let's recap our thoughts briefly before we close. Holiness has been a fundamental divine principle since day one of creation. God separated light from darkness and the light was good and therefore holy. And there are two words used together in, in the Hebrew, separate and distinct. Not two parts of a whole, but two incompatible things like day and night. And these two halves have no fellowship or partnership or agreement with each other. And so we need to come out from Babylon because ultimately it will be destroyed. And we are called to separate ourselves from darkness and uncleanness and lawlessness. But then we moved on to the second dimension of holiness, of also being dedicated to the Lord. And this is illustrated by the holy dedication and service of the priests and the Levites and the Nazarites. And the key point here was that separation without dedication is not holy. Light was separate and it was good. But the lepers and darkness were also separate and yet they were not holy. And we, just like Israel, are God's holy people chosen for the, for the Lord. A special treasure. A dedicated people. Our dedication is to holy life holy living in every aspect of daily life. The ordinary, the routine, the mundane things, every single day in every possible way, in accordance with the laws of Leviticus 19. And as temples of the Holy Spirit, there should be no distinction between the holy and the secular aspects of our lives. We cannot limit God to sacred activities and places and things because He dwells in us. And lives among us. And finally then we look to try and harmonize these two dimensions of holiness. How do we balance separation from the unclean with dedication to loving our neighbor who may be unclean? To be in the world but to not be of the world. Not in a holier than thou way like the chief priests and the scribes and the Pharisees. Though that's so much easier and cleaner to do but rather to be like Jesus, the friend of publicans and sinners, touching and teaching, which is messy and uncomfortable and so much harder.
we must be both the light of the world on a hill and also the salt of the earth in the valley of humanity. Remember this, that when your religion prevents you from loving your neighbour, you need to change your religion. When as priests and Levites we pass by on the other side, our separation is only unidimensional, like leprosy and darkness. So let's close then with a prayer from our hymn book. Hymn number 163. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Thank you.